You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Am, am I an idiot? No, no, seriously. I'm, am I an idiot? Am I an idiot? Yankees. Am I stupid? Because I, I know the Yankees had a five and one week last week. Uh, and I know they were sort of, they cut their AL East deficit in half. I know that. I know all these things. Then I watched the game against the Royals on Tuesday. Same team. We are right back to the dregs. We're going to talk all about it. Why is Rubin Odor still here? For that matter, why is Tyler Wade still here? Why isn't Hoy Park here, who would seem to fill both of their roles pretty spectacularly at AAA? What do you do with Clint Frazier? And why is this the same Yankee team that's going to score more than three runs once a week, but is either going to eke out one-run wins or lose a game by four every single day when they come to the ballpark? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Leave us a mailbag question in that review. We'll be happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome back to the podcast. We missed the only good game of the season on Saturday. Might be the final moment of the season where you tip your hat and you go, nice. Because without a triple play in the ninth, this team just isn't winning games. They're going to have to catch a runner off third, falling over. They're going to have to win despite leaving 12 men on base or something. They're never, they never pull away. And Tuesday night's game wasn't the most heartbreaking loss of the season, but it was the biggest pileup of the shit we've seen a million times, probably in one nine inning game. Yep. Every problem, every problem that we've been talking about for however long we've been doing this reared its head on Tuesday night. The Yankees gave me a wonderful wedding weekend taking care of the A's. I know they got a little bit lucky. 
Uh, they did get lucky when you look at the stats at the end of the day, they were five for 23 with the runners in scoring position, which is good for a 217 average. They got that triple play to get them out of a jam. And then they're back to where they are Tuesday at 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. They leave the bases loaded twice, 13 runners in total left on base. You have Giancarlo Stanton swinging at the first pitch he sees with the bases loaded. You have Rugno Odor swinging at the first pitch he sees with Aaron Judge on second after Odor is pinch hitting for Tyler Wade in the uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, Judge represented the tying run on base. You're pinch hitting for a reason. You want to work in at bat. You want to at least maybe move the runner over and not pop out to first base. Stanton, you don't want to swing. At, at what point are... Uh, Cause I don't think either of them got fastballs on those first pitches because that would just, they, they would have done more damage with that. Uh, unless you, th- there's no reason that any opposing pitcher would give you a good pitch to hit with a, the bases loaded early in the game with a chance to break it open or two late in the game with a chance to tie it after uh, you're gaining all the momentum. Cause DJ LeMay who had just hit a two run Homer. So just once again, bad at bats and, uh, not great defense. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about Wade in a second. Um, what happened there in uh, in the top of the eighth inning? But yeah, it was it was all back to where it started. Yankees have endless opportunities to break the game open with runners on base, wor- working traffic. They they get Brady Singer. They knock him out of the game. He throws nearly a hundred pitches in three and two thirds innings, and for a second there he was settling in. Then they got back on his case. He walked three straight batters, and then. Uh, the the uh the Royals go to the bullpen and Chris Bubik somehow somehow goes two and a third and manages to handle the Yankees so uh it's it's just upsetting because once again the Yankees had momentum coming into this one uh five like you said five and one last week against very good teams and offenses in the A's and the Blue Jays and now you have the Sox and the Rays probably hopefully beating up each other on uh this week and you drop the first game of the series against the Royals. I understand that a sweep probably wasn't going to happen. The Royals are not that bad. They do have a solid team. Uh, but uh, once again, you want to win the Garrett Cole game because then you have Michael King and uh, who's after him in this Tyone. one? Yeah, Michael King and Tyone, two of our worst starting pitchers going in the next two games. So yeah, winning a Garrett Cole start probably would have been great to kick this one off and continue the momentum from the last week. Can't have it all. Eight and seven and Garrett Cole starts goes without saying he gave up five runs twice and he's given up two runs or less in all of his other starts. Uh, you're going to want to go uh, 10 and five. Isn't too much to ask. I would say in a bunch of starts where your ACE is giving up two earned runs or less. Um, he obviously looked a little different without the tacky stuff, but uh, still pretty great and got Nikki Lopez to end the seventh inning on a hundred mile an hour riding fastball. Awesome uh, you'll take that Garrett Cole start. I would say um, offense still couldn't do anything. Really hard not to score eight or nine runs in that game. If you're a good team, you think you're a good team, you score eight or nine runs in that game, given the opportunities that you had. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen a million times the Yankees strand these runners in the first and second, and you go, wow, I hope you get really, it's not like we can still win. It's, I hope we get extremely lucky and these squandered opportunities don't come back to bite us because odds are very high that they will. It's not like, I don't understand how they blow a two nothing lead. Very elementary that they blew a two nothing lead insane that they didn't have more runs than that. But all of that being said, they failed and failed and failed again. When you get to the eighth inning up three, two uh, with a sequence of events that happened to Jonathan Loisaga. And then what happened in the bottom of the eighth with the LeMahieu Homer, you should still win that game eight times out of 10, 
8.5 times out of 10. This is not a difficult comeback. Loisaga doesn't have it. First time, long time. Day off on Monday. Uh, but Sunday, he threw, I think, 31 pitches. Uh, so tough, tough stuff. I probably would have gone to Chad Green there had I known or remembered that with Loisaga as the backup. Zach Britton elbow was barking on Sunday. He was available on Tuesday, but I didn't even see him. Didn't poke his head out of the bullpen at any point in time. Second and third, uh, you know, line drive single Whit Merrifield, line drive double Carlos Santana. That was almost a two run home run. Not great, but uh, you know, game time is now. You're lucky the ball doesn't get out. Second and third, no outs. Hope it's three two. Hopefully, you preserve the tie. Right? You kind of have to relent at that point and be like strike out sack flyer grounder get the third out it's three three you know clean slate got lucky with the tie-breaking run anyway it was luke voigt's weird fan interference triple and then tyler wade's at third and he scampers home on a wild pitch so it's not like they earned that third run you can live with three three whatever so second and third no outs loisica gets 100 mile an hour paint at the bottom of the zone strikes out the first guy looking awesome uh, second at bat is a dribbler, uh, up the middle. Wade's got to go in the hole. It's a tough ish play, but he gets there. So the game's going to be tied. He throws to first weird throw wide, low bounces. LeMahieu can't scoop some of that's on him too, but yeah. now we got runners on the corners. One out. It's a problem. Again, uh, the game is tied. The game should be tied with two outs, uh, but it's not. It's runners on the corners. One out next at bat is another dribbler to Tyler Wade. Two dribblers in a row to second base. This one's fielded cleanly. Got Gerard Dyson running. That's a fearsome dude. Uh, you can go to second for one, go to first, try to get the double play. Run will score anyway. You can uh, try to tag the runner and throw to first, which seemed like a possibility. Or you could immediately throw home and try to get Carlos Santana. None of that happens. We double clutches, throws home too late. Run scores, then a strikeout, and then back-to-back two-out ribby single. So it's now 6-3. Uh, if Wade makes either of these two simple plays, if he makes the first one, it's 3-3. If he makes the second one, the Yankees are losing 4-3. And DJ LeMay, who hits a two-run homer in the bottom of the inning, extremely clutch. Yankees should win that game. If, if one of these two bounces goes their way, Tyler Wade somehow bungles both of them. If he bungled only one, they still win the game after all of this shit. And Lucas Litke closes it out. or, or uh, He was great. Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, Chapman comes in, I'm sure. I'm sure if Chapman comes in with a 5-4 lead, he ends up walking everybody and a wild pitch scores a tying run and a <laughs> three-run home run by Hunter Dozier or something. Like, I'm sure he blows that save somehow because that's the way things were going yesterday. But there's like there's 500 ways to play out yesterday's game given the elements on the bases. And I think the Yankees win like 450 of them at least. They put guys on base. That's not the problem. It's crazy how much this offense doesn't cash in on opportunities. We say it every day, and it's it's a broken. It's the most broken of broken records. But there's a reason that people are keeping faith with this stupid, stupid 38 and 34 team. It's because there's traffic on the bases all the time. The law of averages says the Yankees should be winning what five, six, seven more games than they have just by simply getting a bloop single instead of a grounder to third. The Royals showed you how easy it is to score a run in the third inning of this game off Cole. They got a broken bat bloop single and a broken bat grounder through the hole to put runners in the corners with no outs, and they scored the run on a fly ball or a grounder. I don't remember. Whatever it was, it was so easy. It was like, oh, my God, it's so easy. Yeah, it was a grounder, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All you have to, all you have to do is put the bat on the baseball and then a run will score. Scoring one is actually super simple. Big innings are tough. One run, not that hard. And the Royals gave it to you uh, in droves. They're a decent team. They really are. That would have qualified as uh, the Yankees stealing one if they'd managed to complete that comeback. 
but they could have put after judges double, which almost got out and probably does get out with the juice balls. They could have put him one inch from home plate and Odor and Stanton wouldn't have scored him. It was the worst, yeah. the worst offensive performance in a long time. And like you said, five comeback wins this week, five and one with five mm-hmm. comeback wins. They didn't do a great job of manufacturing runs in any of those games. It took big home runs, extremely clutch hits, remarkable plays, and they're not going to get the clutch hits every time. Um, you know, that's not the expectation. The expectation is to get runs in with runs in scoring position in less than two outs. Uh, and it took a wild pitch to get that done on Tuesday, as it always does. How many times does the team score on wild pitches? It's, they must lead the league it, in that. It, it, they, they have to. It's, it's, it's what saved them in so many opportunities. It's taken so much pressure off the hitters standing in the batter bo- batter's box being like, holy shit, like, I have to get this guy over or the fan base is going to literally murder me. It's like, dude, there's there's no outs in a run around third, just like swinging bunt to first base and the run gets in. Like, stop worrying. Everybody's like freaking out. But like you said, dude, even a futile two for 10 with runners in scoring position probably plates three or four runs in this game yeah. because they had second and third. They had bases loaded twice. They had they had uh, they had uh, run around second two times accidentally you score three runs with, with a single, uh, with, with two singles Stanton Once again, over three runners in scoring position could not be, I could not be, I am less confident. Stanton is, I couldn't be less confident with him in the batter's box than any other player on the Yankees. When, when we need to score a run with, with traffic on the bases, you're never getting a good at bat from him. I understand he goes on his towards streaks, first pitch swinging bomb, first pitch swinging double down the line driving in a run from first or something but when you need a run you're just not getting it from him and you're not getting a good at bat he saw like we said first pitch swinging on the bases loaded then he's up in the uh then he's up in the eighth swings uh, swing uh uh, let's let's a first pitch beautiful strike go if you're going to swing at the first pitch i don't know how you're letting that go then swings at a ball so you're immediately in an 0-2 hole battling Sees four pitches and then another weak ground out. Clint Frazier, I mean, at this point, I don't even know what to say. Over three runners in scoring position as well. Over five with three strikeouts. It could just could not timing when he swings. It he's either he's either he looks baffled by the pitch every time. He is so early on pitches. He's guessing fastball every time, and it's it just it's it's thirty miles an hour slower than what he's expecting. Gleyber Torres, 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. The Yankees struck out 10 times in this game. Torres and Frazier were seven of them. I at this point, they're I the just two worst players in the lineup. I just don't even understand. Like I can't eat Gleyber Torres for for as he's had a roller coaster season. He's looked great at times. He's looked really bad at times. But like when he's looking bad, he just doesn't look like he un he he. I can't even explain his discomfort in the batter's box. He his bat just doesn't look like it's reacting properly to anything. He, his stance just he's never looking comfortable I, I don't know I literally don't know what to say anymore I'm not a hitting coach but like can somebody tell us what's going on is there any former hitting coach or baseball player out there that can tell us what the deal is because these are two of the most inexplicable slides on the Yankees and there's no reason for it because these guys should be benefiting from everybody batting before them everybody watching at home figured out Glaber yesterday it's like it it did not take a genius to be like isn't that leg kick huge doesn't he usually do a smaller leg kick with two strikes why is he doing his no strike swing for the fences leg kick um I I saw a tweet breaking it all down uh from from Pam's son uh Randy 
the the great Yankees writer for views from three and 14 feet, who's working on the Derek Jeter doc, who was like, he swings for the fucking fences on first pitch and second pitch. He's down in an O2 hole almost immediately. And then he used to shorten up and try to go to all fields. And now he's just so lost that he's doing like monster leg kicks uh, on in any and every count. Um, I, I am done. I'm very, 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 very upset with Glaber Torres and Clint Frazier. I'm also done accepting explanations for this. Yeah. I don't buy, they, they can't have just gotten worse. That's not possible. They, the explanation can't be they're just not good now. What, what are you talking about? How is that possible? That doesn't happen to any other team. Is it video room access? Because that worked for, for JD Martinez. Do we need to get him back in the video room? Like, I, I, don't buy, I don't believe that Glaber Torres just isn't good now. I don't believe that Clint Frazier just forgot how to swing at strikes. His plate discipline's gone. Uh, Frazier striking out when after being up three, one on the count in the ninth yesterday, completely changed the game. It was the hundredth thing that changed the game, but three, one pitch, take one more ball. And he did see a three, two fastball at his eyeballs from Greg Holland, at 93 miles an hour. Got to take that, uh, be first and second for Gary Sanchez with a chance to tire, win the game. Instead, they intentionally walk Gary and Brett Gardner, who is a corpse, uh, gets up and, and pops out after getting ahead in the count two Oh two, he could have walked. Also, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, what do we do with Clint Frazier? What do we do with Glaber? Who do we get rid of? Stick around. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Clint Frazier's got to go. It's, it's that easy. Uh, the Yankees need a center fielder. Yankees need a left fielder. Yankees need lefty bats. Clint Frazier can't be doing this for the big league team right now. One hit in a month is not going to cut it. He is the third lowest F4 of any hitter to appear in a game this year with his number of plate appearances. He's like a full-time player, and he's been absolutely terrible. One clutch double last week against the Blue Jays is not going to save his job. Six clutch homers haven't saved Rudendo Jor's job in my mind, so no, not going to happen with Frazier. Love the guy. Don't understand what's happening, but he can't play. He can't play right now. Sorry, cannot play. So demote Frazier or trade Frazier. You and I are split. You think a demotion causes a further problem, but at the, at the end of the day, he just needs to not be here anymore. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. There's it's wasting a roster spot at this point because we don't, we really don't need to talk about his defense. The double off the wall last night, like he misses the cutoff man and it just like rolls into third base. There's never a throw he's making. That's good. There's Gold never glove a, finalist. Yeah, there's just never a play that he's making comfortably out there. Like line drives hit to him. It's like he's he's like playing dodgeball with it before it gets to him. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm in the minority there when I'm saying that whenever a ball is hit his way, I'm not entirely confident that something good is going to happen not entirely no. um, I'm, I'm almost confident but not quite yeah. not the, just the like, worst outfielder i've maybe ever seen 
yeah, it just there's I don't I don't and once again I I don't understand. Don't Miguel and Duhar is like giving him tips. Yeah. He's like, dude, you got to shade a little towards the lane. He's like, I got it, I got it. I'm an outfielder. Yeah, Miguel and Duhar looks like a natural outfielder compared to Clint Frazier, and and that's upsetting to say. But we've seen Miguel and Duhar play out there, and we've seen strides, very clear strides from him based on all his defensive deficiencies that we've seen over the last three four years. Tyler um, Wade's a better outfitter than Tyler, Frazier. Tyler Wade. Yeah. We talk about Tyler Wade. Like, Hey, he he's kind of earned himself a roster spot. I mean, he hasn't been playing as consistently, but a two thirty three batting average feels like 500 for him. He could play the middle infield somewhat. Okay. I know he had two defensive lapses last night, but like that one, the, the first one, I'm not going to fault him for it was away from his body and he's making a throw on the move in the other direction. He made a one hopper. It was to DJ. DJ's got to probably have that um, throw could have been stronger. Sure. But like how, how much stuff are you going to nitpick on one play? I think, I think he should have ended the inning with that grounder coming his way. Just tag the runner and flip it over that, that ends the inning. The run does not score, but I, I don't know. Um, but at this point, Rugno door is, is another guy who needs to go. In my opinion, Clint Frazier, I think demoting him does cause internal it causes more attention than, than you want. I think you just trade him and sell low and get whatever you can at this point. It really doesn't matter. I really don't think at this point he's going to go somewhere and, and make you pay uh, just based on his trajectory at the MLB level. He's, he's played so little since coming up in 2017 or whatever it was that he hasn't really showed enough. He, he's shown flashes and that's about it. It's not like a Gary Sanchez situation where you know you're getting 35 home runs out of him and he's just he just kind of forgot how to play for a year and a half where we knew that was the issue this offseason. The Yankees were very much afraid to see Gary Sanchez go somewhere else and absolutely tear it up. I don't think you're looking at that situation with Clint Frazier, and I think a team would actually give you something decently worthwhile for him because he's under club control. Um, he's still young and he's still maybe fixable. Um, but yeah, I think Clint Frazier has to go in some capacity because we're almost in July and he's hitting 187. Um, I'm and, just and there's so, no reason yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm so tired of everyone else having fun. Give me the percentage chances on this. I think it's like 80 to 90%. What are the odds that Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres end up on the Reds and immediately introduce some sort of swag chain like the Padres and the Reds become the coolest team in Major League Baseball, both of them hitting 20 to 25 homers a year uh, in Cincinnati? What do, what do you think the odds are on that? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I look, I, it's possible that the, the New York pressure get gets to them. So I, I, I'd say, I'd say 65% chance. I'm not going as high as 80, just because <laughs> you look at these guys and it's not easy playing here. Look, we're doing a podcast. We just went five and two in seven games. And the, the, the second loss was just so deflating that we, that's what, this is what we're talking about. And this is just life. And this is the way it is. So expectations are higher. The pressure is the stakes are just higher and some guys can't deal with that. And, you know, Glaber got off to a nice fast start and Harry's now he's dealing with adversity. It just doesn't seem like he's able to kind of, he's kind of, he, he can't cope with it. And Frazier never really had, he never really had a long tenure with the Yankees. I, I don't know what his longest uh, set of games were. I, if I would, I be right saying like maybe 50 or 60 at the MLB level. I think so. In yeah. one season. Yeah. It's just like, and he was, there was never any expectations on him. He was batting towards the bottom of the lineup. He was raking because he was taking advantage of the guys hitting around him. And now the lineup is better with DJ, Aaron Judge, Luke Boyd, Giancarlo Stanton, Gio Urshela, and, and Glaber Torres all hitting ahead of him. And he still can't do anything. So 
I, I really don't know. And then he gets the starting job this year and it's like, just, just dropping the ball. Can't, can't seem to do it. And now he's not, now he's not starting. So that's another controversy in itself. Um, he's not turning it around. I don't think there's any place for him or Odor at this point. I just, I know Odor has all these come from behind hits, which, which is great, but I think that's more of an indictment on the, the rest of the Yankees players than it is Odor coming through in the clutch. Like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Gio Rochella should be, and DJ LeMay, who should be at the top of that category, not Rugnet Odor. Um, and Rugnet Odor, another guy batting 193 with a 261 OBP. It's just if that's the lefty bat that's giving you, that's giving you the reps that you need because you failed to balance this lineup, then some change needs to be made because that's not going to cut it. It's never going to cut it. And he's on the roster next year. So that has to be addressed. Uh, yeah. When the Yankees made their uh, fun little uh, mid-April roster pivot and picked up Rugnet Odor, self-described like one of the worst players in baseball. Self-described. I'm sure he doesn't say that about himself. <laughs> but described, by, described by many others and impartial observers as one of the worst players in baseball. Not only were they making that like wild random stab, but they made it for next year too. He's under contract through 2022. So when you're looking at Rugnet Odor, Obviously, look, maybe this season is lost. I don't know. They're only like four games out of the division. Yeah. The Rays have lost seven in a row. Weird stuff happens. It's I don't think it's over, but let's say this season is lost. Okay, great. Rugnet Odor's on the roster next year, too. So what do you do? Did is he if this season is in the tubes, you cannot bring Rugnet Odor back on the bench whatsoever next year. It's tough to come up with a solution here because I do think. It, you know, it's very popular. Hoy Park is raking at AAA. Yeah. Played center field on Tuesday night, which is not a position he usually plays. He's a lefty bat, usually plays short or second, roves around the infield. This year, uh, 1.032 OPS, by far the highest of his life. Um, 323 average, 459 OBP. Is it a change in his body type? Has he, you know, gained power? I, I don't know. I don't know the permanent alterations. But I do know maybe you want to ride lightning in a bottle, and I like that. I'd rather see Park on the roster right now, especially if he's playing center field at AAA, which tells you all you need to know. Um, I'd rather see him on the roster than Odor, than Wade, and then Frazier, honestly. But the solution to the New York Yankees, you know, the next Yankees team that actually fights for a championship, it's not going to be because they brought Park and Gittens and Trey Ambergy up and just ran the Scranton Yankees out on the field with Urshela, Judge, and Stanton. That's not it. That's like a spring training, uh, like weird road trip lineup where they bring three regulars and a bunch of Scranton guys. Have these guys performed enough to have earned a shot? Possibly, but I, I just I outright guarantee you that the fix isn't bringing up non-top 30 prospects from AAA on mass to play with the roster. Where's Derek Dietrich, by the way? Weren't we all excited when we signed him? I think he's hitting like 112 at AAA. You'll never, it's just not a part of life. 92 at-bats. Uh, he got up to 207 with a 381 OBP, I guess. What happened? Where is he? What, what is going on? I, I guess I don't care. I don't really care about anything. But the, the changes that will be made, like, oh, wow, Derek Dietrich actually uh, super hot lately fyi yeah. nice okay. uh, well he's, he got his average up from 118 to 207 in June. oh geez yeah is that good is that good it's a hundo good. points yeah we'll take it um yeah i mean this i just that's not what's gonna happen when's no. the last time you've read about that in the history of time like the yankees were dead in the water and then they brought up four scranton players and now they're the hottest team in the american league no chance occasionally you're a dodgers and you bring up a matt Beatty or something and he carries the team for a week and that's the best they can hope for if they bring up Ambergy or hopefully Park sticks around longer than that. 
but these aren't the Yankees top prospects. These aren't like people performing commensurate with their supposed abilities. These are a bunch of mysterious four, a players having great years. It's like bringing up Ryan O'Hearn. Yes, he did homer off Garrett Cole yesterday, but I'm going to need to see more from him. I don't think he's a long-term solution for the Royals. And I don't think any of these dudes are long-term solutions for the Yankees. So, um, there's got to be more to it than that. Like there's, there's dead weight on the roster and you have to go out and get somebody proven instead of just bringing up more flyers and creating 40 man spots. Oh, I agree. But let's ask your famous question. How much worse could they be? Yeah. If, if they, but, because look, well, Odor was brought. Well, first of all, let, let's Odor, let's put Odor into context. The, the Rangers are paying what? $26 million on his contract the next two years for him to just not play for them. And the Rangers are one of the worst teams in baseball. Odor yes. was brought in because Voight was injured. And the Yankees knew they had defensive versatility in DJ LeMahieu. So they put DJ at first. They put Odor at second. That's where he was getting most of the reps. And then Odor happened to get a couple of clutch hits. He looked like he would be valuable in the early going. And now it's kind of all normalized. And he's back to where he was for the last three, four years, what everybody was expecting. Low average, power here and there, not great at bats. That's all you're going to get. Clint Frazier, kind of same deal. Like, I Gittens didn't exactly blow anybody out of the water, but he had two go ahead hits or, or he had a game tying and a go ahead hit and he played a serviceable first base. So it's like, how much worse is that than what Odor and Frazier are providing? And I don't know how much worse Ambergie and, and park would be than, than either of those two guys. Uh, any type of spark in my, you're right. The, the, these, these call-ups are not going to change the complexion of the Yankees, but it's going to send a message to probably the rest of the roster being like, Hey, if you're a veteran, it doesn't really matter how long you've been playing in MLB. It doesn't really matter how long you've been on this team. It doesn't matter if we traded for you in a, in a giant Andrew Miller trade. And we had high hopes for you, Clint Frazier, you're batting 187, Clint, you're batting 193 Rugned. You guys are professional baseball players and we don't have time for this because this is supposed to be a championship season and changes need to be made. I think it's a safe, I think it's safe to assume maybe one of those four guys in Gittins park, Ambergie, or uh, uh, who are we just talking about? Who's the other guy? I don't know. Mm, I don't think I mentioned a fourth no? guy. But okay. D- Derek Dietrich. Oh, Dietrich. Yeah. I think one yeah. of those four could, could, could do better than, than, than these two guys. I think that's certainly possible. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea at all to, to kind of do some sort of uh, ro- mini roster reconstruction on that front. And then you see what you have for this next month. And then you have the trade deadline and maybe we can, maybe the budget goes up and they can, they can make some moves. But right now, this is clearly not it. And the same the, Luke Voigt coming back is I think going to be huge, but that's going to take a little bit of time. I know he, he made an impact immediately last night, two for three with a homer and a triple, but that's going to take time. He's going to, he's still going to need a little bit of time to get back on track. Cause once again, this is the Royals. So I'm, I'm not, uh, once we get into more high stakes series with, with better pitching and all that, it'll be a different story. Um, but we're seeing, Torres and Frazier still not being able to hit bad pitching. We're seeing Rutenhead door still not being able to hit bad pitching. So something needs to happen. If it's a guy that's coming up from AAA that wants the opportunity and is red hot, it could make, it could make a, a, more of a difference than what these guys are doing right now. That that's, that's the, that I think that's the best way we can go about describing it. Yeah. I, I love new school statistical discussions. The one that I'm done with, and I always, you know, my mood vacillates. The one that I'm done with is that clutch isn't real um, yeah. that's not, I'm not saying no one who says clutch is real actually thinks that cl- supposed clutch players are like, all right, game on the line time to try. Like nobody <laughs> is saying that like you're a moron. If you think that that's what we're saying, what we are saying is that 
clearly the pressure is getting to these Yankee players. They are being affected by external pressures. They are not performing in the same way that they should be when games are on the line or when games are being determined in the early innings with the bases loaded and two outs with a runner on third and less than two outs. The Yankees are the fourth worst team at getting the runner in from third with less than two outs. That's a deficiency. That's that's it's not a lack of a clutch gene, but it's a necessary approach change. Clearly, these very talented players are taking themselves out of an at bat somehow when the situation is changing itself. When it, I guarantee that pitchers aren't all getting lucky. That's that's what really yeah. matters. Pitchers aren't uniformly getting lucky against the Yankees with a runner on third and one out. The Yankees are making outs themselves. They are spinning their bodies into outs. I just want the Yankees to be able to uncover people who are able to play in New York, who are able to have the same at-bats, whether it is a 3-3 game or the bases are loaded with one out in the second and it's 2-0 and you could put the game away. I want Yankees who come up in those situations and are able to be themselves. And DJ LeMahieu was that last year and the year before. That's why we loved him so much. A singles hitter when there's nobody on base, a singles hitter when there are people on base. You know, the power, whether it comes or not, is sort of irrelevant when runs need to be driven in. And this current team, nobody, you know, they have been able to scrap a couple of wins lately, late in games. And that is that is very clutch. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed Gary Sanchez's huge game-winning homers. But sometimes clutch, it, like that's the fallacy of clutchness. I'm not talking about guys who come up in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded and are able to deliver, though that's part of it. I'm talking about bases loaded, one out, get the run in. Runner on third, one out, be yourself. Do what it takes to get the run in. And yes, if the game is tied in the bottom of the ninth, maybe you hit a home run. Um, being clutch, isn't it, it's a misnomer. It's not a myth right? It's being yourself in every inning of every game and not letting the external pressures get to you. Good hitters aren't going to be good hitters in every situation. Some hitters are clutch and some aren't. That just is true. Yeah. And we don't, and it's, it, it also goes to the situational thing. It's like, look at the way Gary's hitting right now. I think that's kind of the best way to, to look at it. Gary is stroking the ball. He, the opposite field double uh, against the yes. A's was, pitch. was the most characteristic Gary we've seen in a while. And that's what this team is missing. There's no just, there's no just swinging through the zone and going with the pitch in any direction that you see. Not that he's aiming that way, you know, it's just outside pitch. Great. I'm extending my arms and I'm sending it that way. You know, it's outside. You see it coming toward you. Inside pitch, great. I'm I'm bringing in the wrists and I'm turning on it. Like there's none of that. It's the same swing every time with all of these guys, and it it plays into. It's like the the moment is over. It it seems like I'm not obviously not. We we don't know for sure, but it seems like the moment is overtaking so many players where they're just like kind of they're kind of punked in their head about what to do. It's like, dude, there's a runner on third. Just just hit it. Like if it's an outside pitch, just poke a ground ball the other way. Like you don't have to be worrying about like freaking out about go going down in the count or, you know, looking for a pitch to absolutely rip on two O it's just, you see a pitch, you're, you're a hitter, just put some bat on it and get it out there. It's not it, most of the time. It's not, it's not as difficult as it seems bases loaded one out, like just lift the ball in the air. You'll probably get a run in and you know how to do that. It's not, it's not anything. It's not anything foreign to you. Um, and it seems just like the basics have gotten away from so many players and the moment just consumes them that, that's consistently 
the the growing problem because you look at the Yankees runner and scoring positions out. I don't even want to look at the totality of it for, for the entire year. We could probably look it up and throw up, but you see it, you see it over, over this weekend, two seventeen against the A's not great. Oh, for 10 last night. Like accidentally you should be two for 10 accidentally by, you know, a sw- with a swinging bunt or a hit like, you know, it, it, just dumb stuff. So I don't know what the deal is. Um, hopefully, Hopefully the the five and one stretch last week wasn't just luck and it was more of the Yankees finding themselves and discovering who they are and what they're actually capable of. Uh, but it's just frustrating to see a game like that against the Royals to kick off the series when you had a day off, you have the Rays and the Red Sox, hopefully beating the crap out of each other and shifting the tides at the top of the division. And you have an opportunity to take care of a sliding Royals team who was what, three and 11 in their last 14 games. And you have the win all lined up, even even with all the screw ups that you had with runners in scoring position, and then and then it all just goes to shit at the end. It's frustrating, but look, there's two games left. I know you lost the Garrett Cole start, but if if uh, if we're looking at the grander picture, Yankees put traffic on the bases. It can't get worse than 0 for 10 runners in scoring position. I know Michael King and Jameson Tyone are not the greatest guys you want on the mound, but again, it is the Royals. If they can be somewhat serviceable and the offense can maybe score five, six runs, then I think we're in good shape. So let's get two out of three here. It's, it's really not too much to ask. And then we got the Red Sox. So that'll, that'll be a bigger discussion because they're at the top of the division right now. And and they're really not relenting. And they, that's a team that's able to deliver in the moment and deal with adversity. We watched it happen in the Bronx a couple of weeks ago. So um, take a page out of the Red Sox book. I hate to say that, but let's start watching them a little and you'll understand. Get, get yourself some MLB TV. Cause I keep watching every fucking game and every other game is more fun. Every other game is more fun. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. The Red Sox aren't a great team, but they're better at this exact thing. Yes. than we are the giants. Like, I don't know why the giants are 20 games over 500. Watch the giants. It's Watch fun. the giants. It's really, really fun. Um, I'll be there tonight in the Bronx, not watching the Giants, watching our terrible team. <laughs> watching the myself. Giants on your phone. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching, I'll be streaming the Giants while sitting <laughs> behind home plate in Yankee Stadium, watching uh, the terrible Yankee squander opportunity after opportunity. I've got a friend in town, so I'm showing him, you know, the local uh, fuck ups, the big mistakes. You know, you, <laughs> your friends come to town, you give them a tour of the worst areas <laughs> of your city. You know, this is where, yeah, it's a little skeevy over here. <laughs> this, that's where we're going to Yankee Stadium. That's it for this edition of the Inkscale Yard Podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. The season's not over, but just, you know, we have a worse offense than the Diamondbacks. This team's not back yet. Figure it out soon. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. I uh, got in a fight with an Astros fan yesterday. Saw one of our articles about the splits last week. So oh, the no. argu- yeah, the arguments are plenty. It's very fun. Uh, they're just telling me the Yankees suck and cool. I'm a loser, which yeah. I guess they, they wouldn't be wrong. Um, but you could also head on over to yanksgoyard.com. You got plenty of content there. Uh, we're having some fun with it as well. Uh, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Um Once again, two out of three from the Royals. Get ready for the Sox. Next time we'll talk to you folks, we'll be Pizza Friday. We'll see you then. Okay. My stance on the Astros, like, I I can't believe you on anything. That's it. That's just before (laughs) I sign off. It's like AJ Hinch laughed at Yankee fans when, when the Yankees accused them of whistling, stealing signs. He was like, that's laughable. And then it's turned out they were doing that and more. So if you're like, I can't believe you believe the buzzer. I don't know. I believe everything.
everything that I accused you of doing before was true. So I believe everything. <laughs> All right. See you on Beans of Friday. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.